Hey guys, welcome back to Adorned Podcast. This is episode 65, our first episode in our new series, Our Gifts, His Glory. Hi friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, so we are so excited. We have a guest today, Margaret Gibson. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we always like to start off by hearing a little bit about you and your life. And, and you know, most of our episode today is going to be about that since we're wanting to see how you are walking in this tension and using your gifts for God's glory. Yeah, uh, my name is Margaret Gibson, and I live in Central Austin. I've been here for about two years, um, came from the Houston area, and I'm married to my dream guy, Mark. Mm-hmm. I always call him that because it's so true. And um, um, we have a black lab named Lucy and love living in Austin, love just enjoying the city and being out, you know, on the bodies of water and the trails and just soaking it up. The blue bonnets are, it's spring yes. right now. So gorgeous. Um, just loving that. We love to travel um, and love our families and just enjoy um, the gifts that God's given us in that way. And uh, we are partners at the Austin Stone Church downtown in Austin and are just finishing up a really intensive discipleship program. It's been about nine months, so we started um, in fall of 2018, and we've been leading a group of 12 through a systematic theology curriculum mm. and really just pouring into them and learning so much ourselves and just learning about making disciples really intentionally. So that's been sweet. Um, and just in our background, I'm from Texas. I was born in Houston and grew up in College Station. My dad worked at Texas A&M, and um, then I went to college in California. And I think we're supposed to say something when you say Texas A&M, but we're not Aggie. So <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't know so. what the call is. It's okay. You're a transplant, so you can whoop. Any <laughs> listeners can whoop to that. Whoop? That's what you say? I think so. Whoop? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Our Some of our pastors at the Stone are Aggies, and so they'll mention things about, you know, what God was doing in their lives during college. And uh-huh. like, there's this little subtle whoop from the congregation, <laughs> so but it's mostly Longhorn. So, so it's not a lot of that, but, um, anyway, but yeah, I went to college in California and then moved back to Houston, um, and actually started my career in accounting. So I don't do that anymore. And we can talk a little bit more about that today, mm. but, um, yeah, that's kind of my background. Let me ask you. I've seen a big trend right now of people taking pictures of their dogs in blue bonnets. Did y'all do that with Lucy? Oh, my gosh. I haven't yet because <laughs> there aren't any that are – like, it will be a thing if we do. We'll have to, like, pile her up and drive and yeah. figure out where to park. Yeah. There aren't any really walkable from our – our apartment right now, but I did see a guy with his French bulldog pulled oh over my. on the side of Mopac oh the other day, and he <laughs> was like, you know, had treats in his hand getting him to <laughs> look at the camera, so I do, I have dreams of that, I'm not sure if we'll... That's so funny, <laughs> Taylor tried to spring, do that, Taylor tried to do that with our dog Dave, and Dave is a golden retriever, oh and he's my like, gosh. the dumbest dog. <laughs> It is did not. not. I will defend Dave. He is kind of <laughs> dumb, but it didn't work. He, he, yeah, he's does, does Lucy like to swim in Ladybird Lady Bird Lake? She loves it. Uh, we she love totally watching all the dogs swim it. out yeah. there. Yeah. It's so fun. Okay, so she's not a great swimmer, and we actually <laughs> have a life vest for her. And when we put it on her, I feel like we're helicopter parents. I feel like people are like, oh, my gosh. Like, Judging Shama, you. Like, we're actually really trying to help her. Like, she's not a great swimmer, but she is, is the so happiest funny. when she – That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. That 
Leash Free Area, kind of close yes. to Silver Park, yeah. is yes. like her mecca. So it's really Aww. fun. Um, that yeah, is we're so funny. ready for this warmer weather yes. now and um, to get to get her back in the lake because it's been yeah. too cold during the winter and yeah. early spring. But yeah, she's she's super sweet and without kids yet, she's a, a big part of my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. So. Naturally, that makes sense. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do for work. Yeah. So um, I mentioned I. I originally worked in accounting, um, but after doing that at a big four firm for about a year, God showed me that he had um, a different vision for my career, and I'm so thankful for that. But um, And if there are any accountants that are listening to this, like please know, <laughs> I respect you, and I'm so thankful for you. Your work is so important. Um, but I just have such a love for people, and I really got into – auditing because they, you know, kind of recruit you as a, as a client service mm. person. But the thing about being an auditor is nobody really wants to meet with their <laughs> auditor. And so it's technically client service, but people are avoiding you like the yeah. plague. Aww. And so, um, I, I realized that I had this business kind of business brain and this love for people and really, um, you know, kind of gifting and communication and loving to tell stories and get to know people's passions and all that. And so, um, after about a year of working in accounting, I took a job in nonprofit development, which is just really fundraising. And I, um, started with an organization that I had been volunteering with since I was in college. It's called Living Water International and they're based in Houston. And, um, it was just really neat for me to see, um, how, good business sense applies and, and mm. benefits ministry because yeah. I viewed them very separately. And that could be a whole other conversation yeah. about faith and work, but just the way that God um, can use our gifts for his glory kind mm -hmm. of in, in any context. But um, I was at Living Water for about three and a half years, and then my husband's job moved us here to Austin in 2017. And I joined the donor ministries team at the Gospel Coalition, which mm -hmm. is how I met Aaron. Yeah. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, and then I'm just in the middle of a transition. And um, next week, I'll start as the director of development for a pro-life pregnancy center here in Austin called Austin Life Care. And um, so they're basically growing from being a local center to expand and offer holistic reproductive health care, wow. which will allow them to reach a lot more people um, and, and meet a lot more um, just of brought a variety of needs, but also um, just kind of a full spectrum of care for people. And they're actually growing outside of Austin, too. And so um, they need me to raise money for them yeah. and to help connect with partners all across the state um, to do that. And so I'm super excited about it. Just grateful to God for leading me here and excited for, you know, my first um, role in ministry was really internationally focused doing mm -hmm. clean water development around the world. And then, um, TGC has an international presence for sure, but a lot of my work was, was focused, um, across the U S and this will be just more local and state focused yeah. and loving our city as we do. And, um, understanding fundraising and generosity as, um, as ministry is, is really exciting to, to think about how that'll bless our city and to get to be a yeah. part of that. So, um, I'm super excited to help be a part of helping care for women who are maybe facing an unplanned pregnancy mm -hmm. or who are needing healthcare that they're, um, that they don't want to ask their parents about or right. that they need kind of an advocate or an ally in um, and sharing hope with them, sharing Jesus with them and giving them options for life when they mm. maybe feel like they don't have that. So um, I'm excited to, to get to be a part of that. That's really cool. What a journey God has taken you on through all these different jobs. That's really neat. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that more as we go, but let, let's, um, 
do my favorite part of the show. Aaron's favorite. <laughs> Can you give us some fun facts, some random facts about you? Sure. It was funny. Um, I was trying to think about this in case you asked, and the first things that came to mind were like weird health problems. I don't know if that's <laughs> common, but I was like, I have like nerve pain in my feet or I have TMJ. And I was like, no one's going to want to hear that. And so um, it was so, it's just so funny the things that you think are random, but I was like, no one's going to like me or want to listen more after hearing that. So um, after a bit of thought, um, I am really excited about this actually. So um, my husband, Mark, and my sister-in-law, Mallory, and I have recently started um, an Instagram sort of food blog okay, okay. that is called Taco About Austin. <laughs> and so Mallory moved from New York um, last summer and was like, you know, the food seems so different here. It's so fun. It's so, so good. local. Yeah. And the tacos are amazing. And she's <laughs> like, I have this list of places I want to go. And we're like, well, we need to like do that and we <laughs> wanted you know to kind of rank things and figured if we're gonna put in all this work to like do that we should just put it on Instagram yeah of course and so we basically almost every weekend go to a new place um in Austin to try breakfast tacos we have a yeah. whole like rating system for it that measuring, is so fun you know you can get one to five tacos we score with emojis <laughs> and um we rate the tortilla the venue the value um but really it's really fun silly quality time and um we are getting to know our city better and yeah. we're yeah. taking recommendations so um <laughs> it's been a highlight of the year so far but so I looked at your Instagram account before you you got here and the places you have listed I have been to zero of them and okay. we we've lived they here go for out eight a lot years, too. and they we go, go out, out every week at least yeah. okay so, so that was kind like, of the mo my husband was yeah. like everybody rates Veracruz and Torchies and yeah. like we love that and we'll probably go there too but there are so many places that that I mean, there's literally a taco place, like, or maybe two on oh, every yeah. corner. And yeah. so he's like, I want to go to the places that pe that we don't know about. That people right. haven't put in Eater yeah. or I know. I was like, I haven't even heard of <laughs> some of these places. And so, so I was like, and we go all the time. Yeah. So we've got new places to try. Now. Yeah. Okay, I'll Casey, be following your account. We maybe sure. need you as a guest judge one. Hey, there so you go. Totally. <laughs> there you we'll go. have to do a collab yes. between Adorn and yes. <laughs> talk, talk about, about Austin. Austin. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's so awesome. That That's a great so fun fact. <laughs> I love That's it. That's fun. All right. Thank do you have you. another one for us? Um, I just, it dawned on me as I was driving here jamming out to Max, Matchbox 20. <gasps> I love I, Matchbox 20. Okay. I'm like a total, like I used to be kind of a music snob, like very indie singer, songwriter, whatever. <laughs> But I just have this tender spot in my heart for like nine <laughs> early two thousand yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matchbox Twenty, Goo Goo Dolls, mm -hmm. old Coldplay stuff, even like yeah. Eve Six. Yes, and just I can really get down to that. If I'm like having one of those days where you know you're trying to process something or you're like nothing really sounds good, like I can go to yes. that and be like, this is what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so I always um, listen to that when I pleasure. clean too. Like for some reason, it like pumps me up. To yes. Clean. Oh I finally, gosh. like, nailed down my – I don't use Pandora anymore, but I used to have a Pandora station, and I, like, thumbs down all the ones I didn't want, mm. so then it was, like, this perfect playlist. Yes. And it would play the same songs, and I was like, oh, this is so great. It's kind of a lost art, the, like, thumbs it up, is. thumbs down on Pandora, but that was a yeah. really good era of, like, some, you <laughs> yeah. know, them recommending things yes. that you still catering to it, but, mm. yeah, that's a, that's a guilty pleasure. So it sounds so good by the pool, too. So this summer yes. will be, like – 
definite 90s rocking by that that is so fun <laughs> by the water that is awesome great fun facts yes, love those. <laughs> thank love you those. all right so let's get to what we really have you here we alluded you know to this a little bit about what you do for for your job and stuff but kind of summarize for us like wh- what are you passionate about where has God really um just like given you a desire um to to glorify him and and just serve his kingdom yeah yeah so it's it is reflected in my career choice but it's something that I see throughout our lives through the discipleship program that we're finishing up in our marriage and personally just sanctification but the topic of generosity is one that I just keep coming back to and Mm -hmm. that God keeps stretching me in and um I feel like the Holy Spirit is just showing me that you know the I'm I'm worshiping something all the time and the ways that that's really revealed I think are through the things that I'm dwelling on in my mind, mm-hmm. um, through the ways that I'm investing my time, and through the way I'm spending my money. Yeah. And um, I think in the church we're kind of good about talking about, you know, the sanctification of our mind and um, committing every thought to the Lord. And even culture talks about that through mindfulness and yeah. and yeah. meditation and setting our mind and intention on things. Um and then we talk about, you know, self-care and boundaries and relationships and how we're spending our time. And and those things are so important. Um, but I think we kind of clinch up about yeah. about money and about generosity. And, you know, there could be a whole other conversation maybe about um, how to how to spend and steward your money through saving and getting out of debt and investing and all that. But I think really focusing um, on what God, not what he's calling us away from, but what he's calling mm-hmm. us to mm-hmm. and generosity um, just really reflects where our hearts are and what we believe about him. Yeah. And, um, and ultimately I think being generous is an act of trusting God. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, I think we can forget that the Bible talks about money and that that's not a suggestion. It's really right. a command for us to be generous all throughout scripture. But if the Bible is that focused on it, if God is telling me that much about being mm-hmm. generous and I want to listen and, yeah. um, it's been a huge growing point in my own heart over the past few years, but, um, has been something that God's taught me a lot through my work too. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be kind of a tricky thing, right? Cause like you're saying, it's, it gets people all like, Oh, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. But you have, you know, this job that requires you to talk about it. So do you feel like God has used that job to kind of help you see generosity in a new way? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because people tell me all the time, I would hate your job. <laughs> I can't imagine doing what you do. And I think, you know, there are certain things like I've thought about being like a, like a middle school bus driver. I'm like, okay, that's a job I would like. I could, I could oh say I was like, <laughs> or like writing a textbook. I'm like, I don't think I would really want to do that. But, you know, there are, there's, it seems to be something about my job that people mm-hmm. say, ooh, I would, I think I would like that without even maybe knowing, you know, the, yeah. the extent of, of what I do. But I think, um, you know, my, perspective on generosity and even just money and wealth has changed a lot through, um, through my career because I started with a business degree, you know, an accounting degree thinking, okay, I'll go make a lot of money. I went mm-hmm. to a really, um, a really missionally minded college. Pepperdine's a really, um, missionally minded school, faith-based and their kind of pillars for students are purpose, service, and leadership. And so I thought, okay, great. I'll use this degree in the way that I'll, I'll serve God with it is by making much money and giving it yeah, away. Uh-huh. And then I worked with a bunch of people and this is a broad stroke. So of course there are amazing believers working in public accounting and that are totally modeling this well. But mm-hmm. most of my experience was working with people who were pursuing a lot of material things and 
um, and whose success was measured by um, wealth and who were, you know, sacrificing their families because of that mm-hmm. and sacrificing right. their, um, you know, other relationships and even their health sometimes and all this stuff and and who weren't pursuing it out of a generous heart, but who were, you know, trying to achieve by worldly standards. And so I thought, man, money's bad. Like mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to make a lot of money and give it away and now I don't even want anything to do with it. And so I think I sort of, you know, God, God totally uses our brokenness, um, and our, our kind of decisions that we're not even maybe fully sure what we're doing, but, but in walking into ministry, I kind of thought I was getting away from mm-hmm. that conversation about money. Um, but I was actually walking smack yeah. into yeah. it in a different way. And what he's shown me through that, through working with amazing partners at every organization that I've served at so far, um, who truly, some of them are incredibly wealthy people and they truly view their business and their resources and their money as gods. And yeah. they, um, have this heart that is desiring to please him with the way that they give and who are, I mean, even having conversations like God has blessed us so richly that sacrificial giving is hard. Like we, it is, we don't even know how to give sacrificially because that's so big, but we want to. And, and that has just redeemed the conversation for me. And God has taken, you know, we can so easily, I think, say, like we're so quick to to draw a line on something or say like that's just bad and mm. and no money is not bad money right. ma- money is something that God uses to accomplish His purposes but um, it went from something that I thought was the ultimate pursuit to something that I thought was really evil mm. and now He's redeemed it to say that I'm using this and people are being faithful to me um, by giving generously and by having open hands around what I'm calling them to and so my perspective has changed a lot yeah. um, specifically through my work but of course there are personal things woven all through those stories too. Yeah, that's really cool. And hopefully that's an encouragement because I think sometimes, like you're saying, we get so focused on one view of something and maybe right now it's not necessarily generosity for someone listening, but you might think, you know, very black and white on an issue and it takes like really surrendering your thoughts and maybe the way you were raised or the degree that you got and surrendering that to the Lord and say, Hey, am I looking at this through my eyes or am I seeing it the way you want me to see it? And that's really cool to see how God has done that. Like you're saying through personal stuff and through through work and just the fact that you're willing to walk in that and say, no, Lord, what does this really look like? What does it look like to glorify you through this? So, so what would you say like really first got you interested in this? Yeah. So it's funny how, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back over my life, I'm like, okay, Lord, you were doing things from a very young age that mm. equipped me for this. That's um, so cool. So I actually grew up with a dad who was a fundraiser. He worked <laughs> in finance first, um, but the job that moved us to College Station when I was a kid was a fundraising job at Texas A&M. He ran the Athletic Development Foundation there. Wow. And um, so I grew up as a kid thinking it was a normal job to ask people for money. <laughs> and I saw, you know, the the things, his was a secular context, but I still, you know, a lot of people that he worked with were believers and, and had, you know, were trying to invest in students' lives and provide scholarships mm-hmm. to um, to create educational access for, um, for students and student athletes and all that. And so, um, anyway, I saw that as something that was, that was normal. And I was interacting with really high net worth people as a kid, like at these events. And so I realized now that was such a grace to me to have the exposure to that Mm -hmm. and to see what sincere generosity looked like from a young age. And also, you know, to see my dad's work in a way that, um, I, he just modeled a lot of things really well. He was a really caring um, boss and manager, and he had a really, I think, 
just great perspective on that work. But, um, you know, so that was early and I didn't realize what God was doing with that until later. But, um, you know, then, then going to, there were a few kind of volunteer things that I was involved in in high school that I think were, were great and kind of starting to form those habits. But in college, I, um, studied abroad again, Pepperdine's a really missionally focused university and, um, and I studied abroad my sophomore year, and I lived in Argentina mm. um, for two semesters. And I was exposed to material poverty in a way that I had never been before. We traveled mm. all over the rural countryside and and met amazing people and saw um, really difficult things that I know exist in the U.S. in areas, but didn't you know weren't things that I had seen mm. here. And you know, there's a whole other dialogue too about spiritual poverty and relational poverty and there there are other ways that that takes shape but I saw material poverty and and God really started softening my heart toward those needs um and asking me to kind of consider how I could be a part of that and and what what responding to that faithfully looked like and then um got to lead some mission trips and different things in college and and then volunteered with the organization that I ended up working for um after my accounting career, which, um, was Living Water International and, and got some students excited about, um, affecting the water crisis and, and asked them to, um, to actually give up everything but water as far as beverages for Mm -hmm. 10 days. We give up your coffee, your iced tea, your, Mm -hmm. you know, soda or whatever, and then, um, save the money that you would have spent on that and, and give it at the end of 10 days. And so you had these college kids who are people that you don't normally think about as, uh, the biggest pursuit right, of generosity right. or giving, but but giving super sacrificially and committing, yeah. you know, during finals week sometimes or midterms to say, okay, like I'm super tired, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that God God can do something through me choosing water right now mm-hmm. and um and through you know the four dollars that I'll save today and so um through that just kind of volunteer element of fundraising and and seeing the impact that a group of college kids can make, um, you know, God really planted those seeds. And so then fast forward a few years when I was trying to evaluate, okay, if, if accounting is maybe not a long-term fit for me, um, what are the ways, like, what are things that I'm still spending my time on when I really don't have a lot of time because I was working a ton um, in, in public auditing. And, um, you know, I was still volunteering with, with Living Water. I was volunteering at my church and I was, I was still kind of participating in those, trying to make an impact socially in those ways. Um, and then again, just saw like, okay, I've been working around money with accounting um, for a while. And um, how can I use my knowledge of budgeting and good business sense and efficiency in processes and all of that to uh, maximize the impact for for the kingdom and it and I think God just was so kind to me in you know the intersection of this particular need at Living Water Mm -hmm. and my art my existing passion for their ministry and then um kind of these thoughts that I was having they all just kind of lined up at the same time but it was it was just looking back going okay God you were writing this story you were Mm -hmm. you were exposing me to things and cultivating Mm -hmm. things in me that I did not like I did not think I went to Argentina to study abroad to learn about the nations and to have mm-hmm. a heart softened right. toward global need. Right. But um, he did that then. And so um, it was just kind of how the, you know, how he wrote that story and used what seemed like a lot of disconnected things from my dad's background and my, you know, my interest in good business practices um, and exposure to to really grow that interest mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. 
It's so cool to see God work it all together for yeah. good and oh, for yeah. his glory. I yep. just love that so much. Love Reminds it. me of our Genesis study, talking yes. about that with pretty much yes. every character. Every, every person. Absolutely. Every person in the Bible, really. <laughs> every person <laughs> ever. <laughs> really. <laughs> yes. It's so It true. all comes back to that. It's, it's so things true. that you just never think. God is going to use in a certain way. He just twists it and mm. he does. And like, I just think about so many times and I've talked about this a lot on here, but like, I'll be so anxious about something. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, Oh, that's what you were doing. God, yeah. yes. you know, like hindsight's 2020, 20, but uh, yes. God's just so good. And he doesn't have to show us that. I'm right. like, God, that's you could kindness. just say, Follow me and trust right. me. Right. You're not going to see it till right. heaven, but he just shows his hand so kindly to us. Yes. And it is it is such a gift. And I think so much about how, you know, the Israelites are commanded to remember all the mm-hmm. time. You know, they're always piling up these rocks and yeah. mm-hmm. being commanded to tell your kids about God's faithfulness. Yes. And I just think, oh, God, I want to remember these mm-hmm. specific things that mm-hmm. you did. I don't want to take that for granted or say, yeah, I just worked hard and got here. Right. Or I just, you know, had this kind of grand revelation of myself mm-hmm. and and now have this perspective on generosity. But it has just been God's grace revealing all that truth to yes. me. And, um, and it's so sweet to see his hand in our story yeah. that way, for sure. Yeah. So where do we see this idea of generosity in the Bible? Yeah, man, it is all throughout scripture. It is, um, you know, money overall is mentioned more than 2,000 times, but some things that that stand out to me among scripture um, about generosity in particular are, you know, in Leviticus um, 23, uh, there's this command that when they're reaping the harvest of their land, that they're not supposed to reap the very corners or um, to to reap all the margins or just to leave that for people Mm -hmm. in need. And, um, it's, and scripture says you're to leave them for the needy and the alien. I'm, I'm the Lord, your God. And I just think, you know, we live in a time that man, people are scrappy and we are hustling and people Mm -hmm. are saying, take what's yours and stand your ground. And, and back in the beginning of the old Testament, God is saying, trust me and leave Mm -hmm. some margin for those, um, that are around you that are in need. Mm-hmm. And so um, then, you know, as, as David and Solomon are building the temple in, uh, in first Chronicles 29, um, there is just all this really sweet conversation with, you know, Solomon saying what he is, is giving um, of, of himself, but then he calls people and says, who will, who will give and contribute to the temple as well. And mm-hmm. so in first Chronicles 29 verse 14, David says, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. And so I just think that is such a sweet reminder to us that, um, I mean, David is like worshiping God for the gift of giving mm-hmm. and saying, we get to participate in building your temple, God. What a grace to us mm-hmm. and um, and such a good reminder to us that everything we have comes from his, his hand. And that's obviously something we see through the through the whole Bible that, you know, every good and perfect gift is from above Mm -hmm. and that, that he is the God of the cattle on a thousand hills and that, you know, God is over all things. Um, but then we see in Proverbs so much about generosity. Proverbs 22, nine says, he who is generous will be blessed for he who gives some of his food, um, for he gives some of his food to the poor. And so just thinking about, you know, there's a crazy prosperity gospel out there that Mm -hmm. says, if you give, um, you'll get, you'll get material things, but God's promise to us, and not that Proverbs are all promises, but the wisdom there is that when we're generous, it's, it's a blessing to us, um, because 
we're giving and because mm-hmm. we're, we're participating right. in the kingdom that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout Jesus's ministry, we see so many parables that relate to, to generosity and um, the Good Samaritan and then him talking to the rich young ruler in Luke mm-hmm. 18. Um, and then Zacchaeus being redeemed from being really... Um, really stealing from people in Luke and in Luke 19 and and then paying back more than what he took and being generous um out of obedience there and then a favorite passage for me is in Matthew 25 verse 40 when um it's talking about talking talking about separating the sheep from the goats um and Jesus says truly I tell you whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me Mm -hmm. um and that just that comes back to me so much in just thinking about the ways that Jesus says he is with those that are marginalized and, and in need, um, but that we're serving him by, mm. by giving generously to them. Um, and then in the New Testament church, we see so much about the way that they acted as a body in giving generously mm. to oh, each yeah. other and um, that there were no needs in Acts chapter four. There were no needs in that church because they were giving and sharing with each other. And I just think about how beautiful a picture that is for us um, as the body. But then um, in James 1, too, just James 1 as well, just talking about how really religion that God is interested in is is giving to mm-hmm. to the poor and um, the widows and orphans and caring for them in their distress. And so um, then the something that just really I think is a sweet thing that, that stood out to me in thinking about this with talking about this with you guys um, that I hadn't really noticed before, but all the way even to Revelation. Um, In Revelation 21, verses 6 and 7, um, God says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And Mm -hmm. just thinking about how we can be generous because God is generous to us. And he is saying, you have done nothing to deserve mm-hmm. the water of life, and I will give to you from this spring so generously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is our, that's our heart, and that's, again, just our trusting him to mm-hmm. say, I don't have to be scrappy. I don't have to, to fight for myself and, and set, um, you know, set these limitations on what I'm willing to give. And, and of course, there are healthy boundaries and all those things, but um, but that our heart posture is should be generous because mm. our God is so generous to us in ways that we um, just don't deserve. And yeah. so it's it's a theme in scripture that is beautifully represented by, you know, material things, but is really just a reflection of God's grace yeah. in all of it, that he is he gives his grace generously to us and that that's what frees us up to give our our earthly things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good strength. point, and that brings it back to the gospel, um, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But I like what you're saying, how the, the Bible, all the way from beginning to end, reminds us that you know our generosity comes from an overflow of what God has done for us, not mm-hmm. out of a try to earn favor or you know try to make God proud or anything yeah. like that. It, it comes from the fact of remembering what he has done for us and that you know we are able to then give to mm-hmm. others. So I think that's, that's really good. And I love how you brought up all the way throughout the Bible, yes. places that came up. Yes. That was really it's good. incredible. And it's obvious, like you said, at the very beginning of the podcast, like if it's that important to God's heart, mm. then it should be important to ours as well. Yeah. Yeah. So how has God used um, just this passion and this desire to grow in generosity to teach you about yourself? Man, um, <laughs> you know, I started, I guess, by saying like we kind of 
shy away from this. And man, it gets so personal when God is convicting you about, about having a heart that's not generous. Um, and I think, you know, the first thing is just identifying idols in my heart and, and seeing where my hands are clenched tightly and what do I believe I deserve? What do I believe that I've earned? Mm -hmm. And what do I believe, um, I've accomplished for myself? And that, that is something that, that will, um, you know, a lack of generosity materially, it will be a symptom of, but ultimately that's me not believing that Jesus accomplished everything for me mm -hmm. on the cross and yeah. me having a self-righteousness that says, uh, I think that I did that pretty well. So yeah. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep my hands wrapped around this. Um, but I think there's just, there's such a scarcity mentality in, um, I mean, I see it in ministry. I see it secularly as well. Um, but just, we think that there's not enough and, mm. and that yeah. is a fundamental issue about the character of God for mm. us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's us not believing that God is big enough or good enough, um, or loves us enough to do good things for us mm. and to provide in the ways that he promises he will. And so just personally, I mean, that looks like, um, you know, wanting to even, manage our money and marriage and, and just personally with my little, you know, my fun slush fund or whatever allowance each month, like wanting to spend that on my friends sometimes. Mm -hmm. Cause I even, you know, Mark and I, there was a, you know, we budget for generosity. We give as a, as a couple, but I just found even in my own little bit mm -hmm. of money that I get yeah. each month to buy jeans and makeup and get a haircut or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like holding on to that so mm -hmm. tightly and it, and it, affected a friendship really poorly a few years ago. And it was really gut wrenching to, to be convicted of that, but mm. cause it is just so personal, but, um, God has used, you know, through sanctification, he's used this idea of generosity to really show me like, what does it look like to, to again, believe that he's big enough and good enough, but for that to affect my friendship and be, mm. and personally, you know, to treat someone to coffee or to wait to, go on that trip with girlfriends or to buy that thing because I want to be available for lunch with someone who's hurting mm -hmm. or like just, you know, getting onto the nitty gritty. And I think that's the story of sanctification for us as we start. So zoomed out and we're like, okay, I'm not committing these four big sins. So like I think I'm doing okay. Right. But as yeah. he sanctifies us, our heart posture, like we could do the same activity and it could be sin one day and not sin one day because mm. Our heart is, mm, <laughs> a really what good is point. Yeah. defining that. And and I yeah. can be worshipful with my money or I can be um, self-righteous or mm -hmm. or hold it really tightly. And so um, I just think, you know, God has taught me a lot personally through, um, again, through relationship, through marriage, through my own um, just struggles with seeing idols in my heart. Um, and then, you know, looking outwardly, just acknowledging the generosity of other people mm -hmm. to us and how you know, people have given us their time in investing in our marriage and discipling us in ways that are so costly and people mm -hmm. have cared for us and treated us to things we could not afford for ourselves. And then in my work, people, you know, people equip these ministries that I've worked for that I care so much about, like they, they do it with, with their own, you know, quote unquote, hard earned money. Mm -hmm. They're, um, they're giving so personally and sacrificially. And I just see the gift of, you know, I think when, when we're more tender toward um, what God is trying to teach us about generosity, we're so much quicker to see it in other people's lives mm -hmm. and how, how God is using other people to care for us and to be generous to us and, and what that teaches us. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think ultimately just something I come back to a lot in all these 
thoughts is just that, like, I know, you know, God, like, rained manna and quailed on from the sky. Right. Like, he could, he could just fund every church budget with magical money that appears. <laughs> like, yeah. he could just he could. give Austin Life Care every dollar that they yeah. ever needed through anonymous checks that arrive in the mail. Like, he could do that. But um, in the same way that with, you know, evangelism. Yep. God could write the gospel in the sky, but instead he mm-hmm. entrusts it to us and says, yeah. go do it. And, yeah. and I think with generosity, it's the same. He says, I'm, I am working my plan out in a world that uses money to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. And I am calling you to be obedient and giving. And that's my plan for accomplishing yeah. my kingdom is yeah. that you would be faithful with what I've given you. Um, and so, yes, he provides miraculously and he, you know, does incredible things, but, but the, the majority of how he's working is through normal systems like salaries and, you know, and budgets and, and everyday people giving everyday money to accomplish eternal work. And so that gives me a greater vision, um, for how, you know, how our personal, generosity and, and what God's calling us to um, is just part of a bigger story, I yeah. think. Which makes it kind of fun, right? Like, we get to be a part of this plan. We get to be active members in it. And what an honor yeah. and a privilege yeah. to be a part of that. Yeah. Like she said, I mean, we don't, God doesn't have to choose to use us, but right. he does. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, would you like to talk a little bit further about how the idea of generosity helps you live out the gospel. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I think God keeps just expanding the gospel to me. Like I, you know, I believe for a while that it was like what saved me. And now I'm like, no, it is, it is life every day. It is, it is, um, you know, impacting everything that we do. So it absolutely, I think has, has implications for generosity. But I mean, one of the main ways that I see it just practically is, you know, we're called to, fulfill the great commission. We're called to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that, um, Christ has commanded us. And that's a really big calling and Mm -hmm. it can be hard to wrap our brains around. What does that look like? And a lot of, for a lot of people going to the nations looks like supporting people who are going to the nations. Right. And we are definitely not all called to quit our jobs and, and move to a closed nation or an unreached people group. But, there are people called to do that and they need money to go. And so I think, um, you know, being a part of, of that from a global sense, but then, you know, looking at, at nationally and, and locally, like supporting your local church is part of fulfilling the great commission Mm -hmm. is making disciples, supporting ministries that are doing kingdom work, like saving unborn babies and Mm -hmm. helping people get clean water and, um, helping, you know, train people with, skill set so that they can seek employment, like whatever it looks like. Um, those are ways that God is bringing about his kingdom and that the disciples are being made. And so giving to those causes is, um, a way that I think, you know, we're, we're, we're fulfilling the, the gospel command of the great commission, um, by, by using our resources that God's given us. Um, and then I think I mentioned this earlier, but just, the, you know, understanding that, that money is just a a small reflection of, uh, or God's provision to us, I guess, through through our resources materially is just a small reflection of his grace to us. And mm-hmm. that, you know, in the gospel, we've received something from Christ that we couldn't earn or achieve for ourselves. And so we're supposed to share that truth and grace freely with others and invite them into that story. 
And in the same way, every material thing we have is the Lord's first. And scripture is really clear about that. And, um, and so we should share and give freely with others, not, um, because, we're trying to earn something or because it's, it's our own goodness, but because they're good gifts from God and they're not ours to start with. And I just think when we view our lives that way, when we view our, our relational capital and our, our money and our time, those ways, like, man, it's just so freeing to take our, you know, to take our tightly wound little hands around our things. Um, and to say, okay, God, I'm, I want to be faithful and I want, the world to know you more because of, of how I'm reflecting what you've given to me. Um, and I was just reading yesterday in Matthew chapter 10, um, verses seven through eight says as, and as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons freely. You have received freely give. Um, and that's actually that last part of that verse is actually kind of the motto for, um, where I went to college and just freely you receive freely give thinking about that a lot. But the, the ESV translation literally says, you received without paying, give without pay. Huh. And like, I just think about, you know, we can, even in the concept of generosity, we can kind of go, okay, well, I'll be generous with my, you know, I'll share in this way with my time or I'll do this thing. But like, God cares about our money. He mm-hmm. cares about the actual dollars we have. Yeah. And just to think like that, that is a... We are supposed to give, um, give of those resources, um, believing that, that the gospel informs how we do that. Mm. Um, so it's important. And again, it's not something we talk about a lot, but, um, it just, it's so freeing when we are willing to accept God's view of generosity in our lives. I heard something the other day, um, that RC Sproul was talking about. He said, when you were talking about, um, perhaps giving your money is your way of going into the nations to fund someone Uh else to go. He was talking about a pastor or a friend that he had um, that helped fund a lot of, I don't remember if he said like um, a lot of different ministries or missionaries, he helped fund a lot of people. And he came to him one day and he said, RC, I think that I might be called to be a pastor now. Like, I think that the Lord may be calling me to be a pastor. And he said, I told him, I sure do hope not because you're funding a lot of ministries. And if you become a pastor, then those ministries won't be funded anymore. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, he was half joking. He was Mm -hmm. like, if the Lord's really calling you to that, then he will find another way to fund these ministries. Like, it'll be okay. But his point was that just because, and we talked about this a little bit on a different podcast, but just because you're not quote unquote in ministry doesn't mean that what you're giving can't Mm -hmm. be used to Mm -hmm. go into the nations. And that is a big part of the gospel. That is a big part of the great commission. And so, yeah, I love that. I remember as a kid, I remember, like I can picture it. I must've been like, I remember the car we had and we only had that car till I was like seven or eight. So I was six or so. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking my dad that same question because he was always so faithfully reading the Bible, involved in Bible studies, Mm -hmm. you know, talking, meeting with the pastors. And I remember asking him like, why aren't you just a pastor? Like, I don't understand. Why don't you just, why don't you just go do that? Like, it makes sense. And he said the same thing to me. He was like, well, not everybody can be pastors Mm -hmm. because then who is going to support them? Mm -hmm. Because he had a well-paying job. And, you know, and so I was like, Oh, I guess that makes sense. As a pastor's wife, I mean, someone has to be able to feed my children. I know. It's so true, though. And this is sort of maybe a little bit tongue-in-cheek statement, but there's like a kind of um, financial planning Mm -hmm. curriculum that we've done before. And um, one of the kind of thoughts from it is like if – 
if every Christian worked in vocational ministry and, mm-hmm. or, you know, got out of the marketplace in whatever form, then all the money in the world would be in the hands of people who do not oh. care about the causes of God. Oh, and, that's you a good know, point. So there's caveats to that and there's yeah. all that, yeah. but it's true. And I actually, I, I have worked with people through my role in nonprofit development who have been incredibly successful businessmen and who at their retiring have converted their full-time job into giving mm. their money away. Wow. And wow. they have built this, you know, they've acquired so much wealth and they're in these years that people are like travel and just, yeah. you know, coast, Collect whatever. They're like, <laughs> we are working nine to five uh-huh. in an office strategically investing in ministry. Wow. And cool. it just reframes it all. You yeah. guys, it mm-hmm. just reframes how, um, yeah, how we get, but you're so right. Somebody's got to fund this yes. stuff and it's <laughs> right. And people are brilliantly mm-hmm. gifted and yeah. it's, it's a, you know, testament to God's work in our lives to be able to work hard and, and to be faithful in your work in so many other ways. It's not just about making money to give. There's so right. many ways that our work, innately is glorifying to God, but that's, that's one way it's we can do it. it. And yes. it, it's so neat. Um, mm-hmm. and redeem something that the world can be so confused or twisted about. It so and I think that's I a really totally good point agree. how you were saying, you know, the gospel informs everything in our life. And we were, t- we were just actually going through, um, Luke 18 and 19 this week at church and the pastor, he said something I thought was so good. He said, you know, we can't just decide to allow the gospel to affect two thirds of what we talk about, what yeah. we do, yeah. our decisions. Like the gospel is full, all encompassing. We can't say the gospel is going to affect how I raise my kids and how I go to church, but it's not going to affect my wallet. And uh, that's, yeah. the gospel doesn't work like that. So right. I thought that was a really good point is that the gospel, it does, it changes how we view everything, including how and how we view our money. Mm-hmm. This has been such a good conversation for yes. me because Aaron and I have talked before. I think that um, the hesitancy, hesitancy, hesitancy <laughs> to talk about money and finances, I think it's a little bit of a Southern thing. Yeah, um, we've okay. talked about we've that. We've talked yeah. about okay. this before because Aaron did not experience that growing up in okay. California. Yeah, yeah, I love wasn't, that. Contextualization, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so for me, I've always been very hesitant and starting a ministry of our own, Erin can tell you, I'm like, I don't want to ask for any money. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, let's ask everybody for Aaron's money. Like, like, I don't want to ask anybody Aaron's for money. like, but what if they want to give? What if they have a heart to give? I'm like, well, we're not going to ask them. <laughs> like, and I, we see the, and I know it has to do with just the way we were raised in the different areas of the yeah. country. Mm-hmm. Part of it's personality, but I really think a lot of it's a cultural thing for us. And so this has really opened my mm-hmm. eyes to, realizing that like it's okay like it's yeah. kind of reframed the it's whole allowing people to glorify god it is it is absolutely so, yeah absolutely and this one of my great. one of my favorite quotes about fundraising is um is that it's a for me as a fundraiser it's a humble honor to be a part of such a moment of grace as when someone chooses to give generously mm-hmm. and i think that's why people a misunderstanding of that is why people tell me that they hate my job or yeah. that they could never do yeah. it yeah. because they right. think you just go around asking people for money and trying to, you know, sell squeeze it out, yourself. You know, yeah. Tug it out of their hands yeah. and squeeze them dry. And what I actually see and why I love my work so much is that people are burdened by kingdom causes. They are looking yeah. for ways that they can be obedient. And some of them, a lot of them are too big to take on individually or right. aren't frankly strategic to take on individually. And so to be able to say, Hey, here's this ministry that's got staff and people and a really strong vision that you can by giving to support this, like you can fulfill that thing that God is, mm-hmm. is yeah. putting on your heart. Yeah. And 
it is a gift to them. And, and I really get to view my work as ministry because yeah. of that. Um, and because people say, you know, I've been, I've been looking and praying and, and searching for ways that I could be obedient to God mm-hmm. in, in fulfilling this conviction, whatever it is. And, um, and it's, it's a gift to me to be able to entrust this yeah. to you. And again, I think, you know, it's an act of trust as we give that, um, that God will be sovereign over the way ministries are using their money, that, right. that yes. they will be accountable to him mm-hmm. and that yeah. he will deal, deal severely with them if money that's being given by his people is not being stewarded well and for mm-hmm. his purposes. But, um, you know, but being obedient that way, I just, I see it as, a blessing to people mm-hmm. rather than a burden. And that's yeah. what's really changed my mind. And I will just tell you, the number one reason people don't give is because they're not asked. Ah. And so, Oh, great. Um, now Aaron has ammunition. And so <laughs> if you guys, you're doing important work and it costs money to make a podcast, man, yeah. and to do the other things that you're doing. And so, um, you know, it will bless people to get to partner with you. So I do want to encourage you in that for yeah. sure. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't ask her to say that. So. <laughs> Did she pay you? <laughs> just kidding. So, so what would you say you recommend as resources if, if this is kind of sparking some, you know, someone's listening to this and they're like, wow, like I've never thought about my money like that. Or I don't know what it looks like for me to, to walk in obedience in this. What are, what are some resources that you think would be helpful? Yeah, there are a lot. And I think, you know, even before digging into that, I think, you know, the first thing to do is what I've had to do is, you know, pray and ask God to search your heart and yeah. show you where you're not being generous. And yeah. I think we're pretty good at convincing ourselves that we're doing an okay job yeah. with stuff. Uh-huh. And so just being honest with him and, and truly desiring to be obedient in that way and asking him to search your heart. Um, and then I think this is something that Tim Keller talks about in his book on prayer, but, um, you know, he says you can read and kind of learn all you want about prayer, but the best way to get good at prayer is to pray. Ah, And so, you know, the best way to get good at giving is to give. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, start with your local church. If you're not giving there, um, Mm -hmm. ask God to show you what that looks like and give generously. Mm -hmm. And, And the Bible outlines some, some pretty clear things on, on how to kind of test your heart there. So, so give there, um, and then surround yourself with people who are generous because man, do we just, emulate the people that we're around. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, you know, if you're single and dating, like yoke yourself with someone who is generous mm-hmm. because That's nothing good. will limit your lifelong generosity more than being married to someone who does mm-hmm. not view giving, um, mm-hmm. and sacrificing for the kingdom the way that, that you do. And then having friends who are generous, who want to participate in kingdom things with you, um, and who are like-minded pushing you toward, you know, digging into the cost of discipleship and the cost of kingdom work and, and celebrating that rather than Mm -hmm. distracting you with worldly things. You know, those have been just huge, um, kind of staples in how we've grown, but have just been a a gift and a joy to us to, Mm -hmm. to see how God used other people to teach us that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are a bunch of books and, and articles and researches about this stuff. Um, a few, one that I think kind of reflects the, the broader view of how we think God gives to us and kind of that, that idea that generosity is really just a reflection of like how we view God's grace. Um, the Prodigal God by Tim Keller is a book that mm. is super short, but reframes the story of the prodigal son in um, not that the son is prodigal, but that God is actually being so um reckless with us in the way that he gives abundantly in ways that, that do not make sense. And, and so that has been really helpful, just kind of undergirding this truth for me. Um, there are some books that have been recommended by friends that I haven't read, but that I think are w- worth mentioning here. One is called God and Money. Um, and it's 
written by two guys who went to Harvard Business School, and mm-hmm. in, in their kind of journey there, they realized what um, kingdom generosity could look like, uh-huh. and and so that's come highly recommended. And then another one called Gospel Patrons. It's about the people who funded Jesus's mm-hmm. ministry, and so even just remembering Jesus mm-hmm. needed money, yeah. he needed food and wow. clothes and a place to stay, and so for three or four years, he was depending on other people's generosity, yeah. and mm-hmm. so um, those stories are collected there. Um, thinking about like actual generous giving. There is a book called The Giver and the Gift by um, David Weekly, who is a, a really wonderful Christian philanthropist. And then um, Peter Greer is the other author of that. And he's the the CEO of Hope International that okay. does microfinance yeah. around the world. And they've really, it's been a really helpful tool for me in framing up the conversation about giving in that giving is not just supporting ministry, but it is ministry, mm-hmm. that it is, it yes. is something, um, that blesses us as, as we participate. And then, um, there's a book called a spirituality of fundraising by Henry Nowen that, mm-hmm. um, is just a beautiful reflection on, on how God, um, provides for us and what, what actually raising money in ministry, um, looks like in the kind of convictions along with that. Um, and then just a couple other that I think are worth mentioning. If you're interested in, kind of broader social causes and you're wondering how to do that faithfully, there's a book called When Helping Hurts and just talks about, you know, even with our giving and our time and all these things, we can have a savior complex and Mm -hmm. we can try to do things out of our own strength that are Mm -hmm. actually not very helpful. And so it's a hard book to read, you guys, but it's, it's really beautiful. And if you're willing to go there, can help you um, engage with especially broader kind of international humanitarian um, causes in a way that is faithful and helpful rather than harmful. Um, and then there's a neat book called The World Is Not Ours to Save that just talks about how do we participate in what God is doing without either being apathetic because we realize we're not actually doing it, right? It's mm, all God's work right. or without being um, really self-dependent in it and having this this overwhelming drive or even just burden that like oh my gosh this is so big and I I have to solve it Mm um so um and then just online there's you know the gospel coalition and desiring god have a lot of articles about that so I would recommend a topical search on money or generosity or giving there um and then there are ministries like generous giving that actually give you tools for how to consider generosity there's Um, the largest, um, the largest donor advised fund here in, in the U S is called the national Christian foundation. And they, um, they basically let people give their money. They're a nonprofit. So they, you can give your money to them. Um, and then they can help you give it. And we heard about that. um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a local guy here named, um, Ryan Asunto who runs that and is, um, for, for Austin and San Antonio. And so if you're here in the Austin area, um, he's a great person to, to be in touch with about that, but just helping you be strategic and even starting, you know, early when maybe you don't have a lot to give, but just kind of planning and thinking about that strategically. And then one ministry that's been a lot of fun and blessed me personally is called the Advent Conspiracy. And um, it's something that Living Water International work closely with. But they basically help you reframe your Christmas um, to be not so materialistic, but to really have generosity is kind of the heart behind that. And so they talk about some pretty countercultural things Mm -hmm. in that. But it was really challenging for me personally and and fun for my family to kind of work through that curriculum together and think about, you know, if we're – 
celebrating Jesus's birth and super stressed out about our shopping list. Like <laughs> what's, yeah. you know, what's not adding up here and how yes. do we recapture mm-hmm. the heart of Bethlehem and, mm-hmm. and simplicity and joy and community and generosity. And so there, we are not short on tools um, no. to kind of help you develop that. But um, I would just say too, if you're here in Austin and this is a conversation you want to have, I'm local and would love to, mm-hmm. to visit and just um, kind of help think through that. If I'm certainly not an expert, I'm just a co-laborer, but um, it's, it's sweet to see what God does when we're, when we're willing to kind of surrender and, and pursue obedience Be in obedient. this way. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been so fun to have you on here. Thank yes. you so much. I feel like I've I've learned so much, and now I want to like. I know walk I'm gonna have it. to reprocess <laughs> yeah. everything. This was so good. It was so nice to meet you. It's my yeah, first time meeting you. Yeah, I know. You. Thank you. Yeah. Same to you. Yeah, and Thanks so we just um, we hope that all y'all listening have been inspired by Margaret and just her journey and what God has been doing in her life, and um, just blessed by seeing what God has been teaching you. And uh, we appreciate you so much coming on and sharing all of that with us. Um, do you have a Bible verse or quote? you want to end with? I do. I have one of each because I talk too much, but, um, <laughs> but there's a phrase that my mom just has encouraged me with for my whole life, but she just says, you can't outgive God. And oh. she probably didn't come up with that, but it's something <laughs> that ministered to me a lot. And, and whether you're in a season of suffering or thinking about material generosity or whatever it is, um, just believing that we cannot, we will never be poor because we gave mm. too much in obedience mm. to God. And, um, so there's, a verse that I've really been just clinging to for the past several months is Psalm 1611. And it says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I think in a, you know, world where there is a prosperity gospel, that's a lie that says you give because you get. And the truth of this Psalm instead is, is there's fullness of joy in the presence of God. And we give because we know him more and we are more fulfilled by mm-hmm. his presence than we can ever be by any um, piece of clothing or great trip or awesome meal or whatever we would spend our money on. Um, there's just a, a greater joy to knowing him. And so mm-hmm. I reflect on that a lot and hope that encourages you in wherever you're, um, you're seeking joy or asking God to bring you joy, just remembering that that there's fullness of joy in his presence and that's the the best thing he could give us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.